Ep 11. Yep. The Daily Talk Show. See, I told you you'd take the mic and sit yeah, back. We just I, had an argument about where Josh... You changed the height of the desk, which affected me, because you mm-hmm. said you were going to sit up the whole it's episode standing with a desk, back. Standing desks aren't designed to be used with two people. They're not. Can you hear my fizzy yeah. water? I'm doing that thing again. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, Mate, it's only been 12, literally, oh, what, 13 hours ago we were recording. Yeah. It's... Um, a new day. And the weather's changed, not to make it about the weather. Yeah, you know what? When I was doing radio, the amount of times I spoke about the weather. And the weather's such a fucking excuse of nothing to talk about, yeah. so you talk about the weather. Relatable. I saw I, it relatable, guys. I was listening to a, a podcast with the guy who does the Art of Charm Never podcast or some shit. Oh, man. Fucking wanker, <laughs> massive wanker. Like he was you okay to put that out. He, there? He, yeah, he was. He was in a podcast with Kevin Rose. Really like Kevin Rose. I don't know him. This um, founded dig.com dig t i g g and uh, yeah, oh, this art of charm guy. I thought okay, this is he's not like a pickup artist. He's just about like how to connect with people. And I'm like, this is just some nerd who is trying to sell to other nerds how to like mm-hmm. speak to people where it's like I dressed up in a kangaroo's costume kangaroo, and I kangaroo yeah, literally like, and I just I think it's so gross well it's almost back to what you we talked about 12 hours ago where you're saying people love like a roadmap yeah. people love instructions of how to do something and people and love a story as well right they love yeah. to be like this guy went from not being able to speak to anyone to being able to speak to anyone at a bar in three weeks. Yeah. Anyway. You've, when it comes to picking up, it's like you can't... If you're thinking about it, and I'm sure it works for some people, where you're actually thinking about using these techniques and you're trying to pick up... You know, you're putting it in practice in the field. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's gross. so gross. It's so gross. You know, the um, the grossest book I reckon I own is... <laughs> the Game. No, well, no? no, I don't have The Game. I'm, I'll pick it up. It's the uh, this book here, uh, Max Tucker, Assholes oh. Finish First. Yeah, I'll just throw it to a random page and read one sentence. Let's see how... And so tell me what the book is about. Or will it... It's just all about like a... Uh, you know, this fucking... Stories of wildly entertaining... Uh, Depravity and sexual debauchery from the debauchery. number debauchery. See, I'm a fucking shocker when I have to read out loud. Here we go. He's trying to impress us with his. I'm words. going to call this off when it gets boring. Okay, but just just go for a short paragraph. Okay. Um. In the movies, this sort of thing happens overnight, but in real life, it's slow and developing. TV shows, movie, oh, fucking no. Sorry, was this a really bad idea? That was a terrible idea. Are you, yeah. good, are you continue with your idea, or are you? Are you pulling well, a bit look, on this? it's there's the word pussy on that page. Okay, just like it's stupid own silly girls. I started with a round of brutal hammers, vodka, and Red Bull. Then we shot for the shot with them, picking awful things like blow your fingers in the way. The bravely, yeah, it's fucking gross, isn't so it's it? All, it's yeah, it's just like I. Anyway, hang yeah. on. You're the guy that owns it. Why the fuck do you own that book? Uh, I don't know because. Um, uh, I, I liked the title but no it, reading it it's like there's not much sort of substance to it it's also their marketing and stuff was actually uh, what Tucker Max does well is um, markets himself yeah he uh, Ryan Holiday who did the obstacle is the way yeah. uh, all about stoicism have we, have and stuff have we talked about selling yourself on this podcast no let's do it 
Because um, do you I, think I'm, you've shit got to at, I'm shit at selling myself? But in saying that, you have good friends, good relationships, and don't you mm. think that that's well? I'm probably good at the the relationship building, which in turn helps my business and yeah. you know my career. Uh-huh. So I'm good at that. Good at networking, but I I feel like I'm shit when it comes to talking about myself and what I do. Yeah. So you you know it's like you have a elevator pitch of s- someone who just can reel off. I have a business that connects with, you know, like, and to me, I don't know if, is that gross? But then no, I, I think w- it's about synthesizing what you do. I think I'm okay at selling myself. Yeah. Are yeah, you I, more s- I reckon you're quite, yeah, I reckon you're quite good, but it's more for me, the internal, because I could probably sell get- yourself to me. But I, do you know the key to selling yourself is you need to know who your fucking audience yeah, is. Yeah, because then, I, right then, I was like, what invite, who am I speaking yeah. to and what do I want to talk about? Because you're trying to sell in yourself to, uh, you know, a friend's family member yeah. versus a business thing. Like some people try and sell themselves on a business level or try and show some sort of elite status mm. in all that. Like that's what's gross. It, what I find gross is when you meet someone in a social environment and they're wanting to sort of throw their business shit at you. Okay, so uh, they haven't read the situation. So maybe maybe there's a confusion for me when I think about selling myself. I see everybody on LinkedIn and I see people on Facebook selling, you know, courses, 10Xing their business. Mm -hmm. And maybe it it could be, I feel like I don't have the sell in me like they do, but I don't even appreciate the sell that they have. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like you don't want to be the whiteboard guy. No. And that's, I think the, yeah, there's, it's, it's trying to work out. I mean, it's that whole thing where it's like, if you go to the US people are a little bit more, you know, uh, they appreciate that more. Like if you, um, uh, self-deprecation is a big thing in Australia mm. and it's something that we respect um, from the few experiences I've had with working with US businesses and just sort of the cliche of what people say, you don't really do that in the States because mm. they, um, uh, Cyan, my mate Cyan who have uh, helped uh, was a co-founder of um invato she talks about uh uh dealing with venture capitalists and stuff Mm. and how um uh they she didn't take herself seriously or whatever and basically the venture capitalists took her word for it in the sense of like if you position yourself in that way they can be like oh yeah well this person's just a bit of a joke idiots they are how the billion dollars (laughs) they they Um, fucked it I guess when you're in a situation like that where you're having to pitch, mm-hmm. you it is the time to talk about how good what you have is and your idea is. Well, I think that that's the difference. Mm. Selling, so then how do you do it outside of that? Because so, selling yourself isn't about selling yourself. It's selling how you can help that person. Yeah. So, And you and I have spoken about this a lot. It's about that value piece. It's like if you position everything of like, this is how I can bring value to you, it becomes a lot easier mm. versus se- selling yourself in that common thing of how people think about it. I think it is very um, unappealing to the listener. Mm. Whereas like doing actually selling yourself well is being a good human, listening, working out how you can actually provide value 
versus saying, this is what I do and you need what I can do, mm. which I think a lot of people default to when they're trying to sell themselves. It's tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Yeah. It, it is that the opposite of America. Yeah. Where people are championing themselves. Yeah. And, and others' successes. Mm-hmm. And then in Australia, because we've talked about people wanting you to win. Yeah. And it, it's they're few and far between the people who really want you to succeed. Mm. And I don't mean that people are evil. There would no. be some, but they're not going, I hope Josh had, doesn't have any success in his life. No, but no, people, people, see, people see other people's success as their own failure. And that's mm. the biggest issue in this piece. It's the amount of... The older I get, like the more you realize how much this world is just everyone projecting. <laughs> Whether that's positivity yeah. or negativity, like we are all just projecting how we're feeling. Mm. And it very rarely has anything to do with the person that we're do- applying that projection to, mm. right? Like you think about uh, road rage or getting annoyed at someone in a car. If I get annoyed at someone, it's normally because I'm having an annoying day versus that person being an idiot because I think about I'm like, oh, you know what? There's, there's people who have done worse on the road and if I'm having a good day, I'll just yeah. like let them cut me off. Yeah, totally. Like you see that angry dude just yelling at someone. I watched a guy tr- like um, tailgate a cyclist for miles and he was just getting so angry at this dude. It's not about the cyclist yeah. that cut him off. No. It, there's something going on in his life that yeah. he's not sorting out. Yeah. I mean, that self-awareness is a, is a hard piece, right? Trying to work out um, without trying to overthink things. Because if you could get to a point where, oh, am I projecting right now? Am I doing this? Am I doing mm. that? I think having some core values makes sense, which is giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think that's a, a massive one, right? Because I think it's so easy that when people fuck up, we say that, uh, you know, they're doing this for some sort of malicious reason or something like mm. that, where like, it's probably, they're just anxious. You're good at looking into the story behind what's, what's going on, what's actually happening. Yeah. And sometimes it serves you. Sometimes it definitely doesn't serve you. Yeah. Well, I think that it's the, um, you know, Seth Godin talks about dropping the narrative and, uh, it's that idea that, for all these generations, we've used storytelling as a way to remember things and to pass on bits of wisdom. It's a great way from a memory point of view and it can work against you where it's like if you tell this negative story about something that's happened in your life, um, unfortunately, it's going to stick to your fucking <laughs> yeah. brain. So dropping the narrative is about like saying... And I think it's even harder for creatives because we're fucking creative Um so we have that built in, right? What, that, forming story around Yeah, something. forming stories is what we do all day. So it's very easy, I guess, just to do that in our head. Um, mentioning that uh, accidental creative, he said something really interesting. The wanker? No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Fuck. Can you not mince my words because you're going <laughs> to... Someone who well, I actually like... This is what like. people do. They listen to four seconds of a podcast. Exactly. One minute you've called someone a wanker, well, now you're talking I, about... Yeah, but... You've applied that. That's not what's happened. Anyway, the... But let's clarify. Who was the wanker? The wanker's the art of charm. Okay, so and the art of charm and the... the accidental creative accidental have nothing to do with each other. Nothing to do with each other. Other than the fact other. that they're both being mentioned on this podcast. Okay. 
I mentioned The Accidental Creative as a good podcast yesterday. Yeah, oh, that's that was right, yeah. one of my recommendations. But he was talking about um, uh, when we're stuck with a creative idea. Oh, what, yeah, you what, mentioned that. Yeah. How, how do you... F- have I already spoken about oh, this? Oh, you said yesterday... No, that was the the time... Yeah, you were explaining the time where stuff's coming really easy and then it's not. Okay. But maybe that's not the same yeah, thing I don't as what know. I, When do you feel... like? What do you do when you're stuck creatively? Oh, it's cliche, but it's like just do something. Yeah. Like stick at it. And it, defining what it is, maybe it's an edit, right? Yeah. It could be taking some time off from that project. Yeah. Because you're putting pieces together. Like ideas are coming together over time. Mm-hmm. It's just compounding. Like you do one version, you go away, and for some reason your head's putting it together mm-hmm. when you're not even thinking about it. We come back and you've got fresh eyes and you're seeing stuff you didn't. So for me, it's like taking a break. Or, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's my number one. To take a break for a moment. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is he talks about um, when we're stuck, we feel like we need momentum. And mm-hmm. the best way to get momentum is we work on something else. Yeah. He said that that's like... Think about like the the negative side of that too, which is like... That's where procrastination and shit goes in because we we need to... When we feel stuck, we want to get unstuck. And the Mm. way that we do it is by doing other easier things. So for you, it might be, um, I've got this client thing, but it's actually easier for me right now to be doing YouTube, this YouTube video. So you'll you'll do that. Um, So he was talking about having a... um, The anti-to-do list. What's the... Write down the shit that you're not going to do this week. And then do that? No, and don't fucking do that. So I think that we've got these crutches or these things that we fall back on, which are um, easy for us to get like these, feel like we're getting these quick wins and building momentum. Mm. I think email is one of them. Like I can spend ages in email and write back and feel so like I'm just being Just go productive. back a bit. So what? how would you get something onto the anti-to-do list? Like, Well, I think it's... What's the, the kind of checklist to get it onto that I think list? the checklist, you know, and this would be me sort of theorizing versus anything that he said yeah you didn't really go into it but uh, it would be saying what are what's what's the easy thing what's the easy thing that it's almost taking the theory of eat the frog or um which is doing the hard stuff first mm. um and so it's saying okay well what are what are the what are the tasks that i need to do um at some point in the next month that is going to be enjoyable and taking that off the li- like taking that off something that you could do today mm. um and taking and doing the hard thing and doing the hard thing yeah. so eating the frog is you know do taking on the tasks that you do really don't want to fucking do because if you think about it, once you get busy and you have a huge list of things that you need to do we could spend hours cherry picking all the ones that we want to do and at the end of the day have the things that we actually needed to do, not done. And we could say that we had a productive day. Mm. And I was talking on LinkedIn to a few people like we're commenting back and forth. Um, And one of the big things that I learned was non-negotiables. And this could be another way of doing the anti-to-do list, which the non-negotiable is elevating certain items in your to-do list and saying everything else can fail. You can have a shit day, think, you know, you can be having all the things going wrong but if you do the non-negotiables you can then walk away from the end of the day and say i feel great Mm. 
Whereas think about how many times you've uh, had something that you need to be that, that needs to be done, but you prioritize some other things because you're like, oh, these are easy and you think that that's going to get... And in the moment, it feels like you're giving having progress and at the end of the day, you still feel a bit anxious and you're like, mm. oh, hang on, I haven't actually done no, the thing. Not, yeah, I mean, yeah, lists. You yeah. can... Do you... So uh, we talked about your list the other day. So you're, you've got your process. Google Doc Go- and... Google Doc, what I need to do for the day. You index it all. And, and then stuff. I put it into calendar. Yeah. But then some days it's like, I just know that I've got to do this shit and so I've got to sink six hours into doing this one project. Yeah. So I don't even go there. I just do that. But you go through times of actually being able to deal with a list and t- and, and times where you just don't have the headspace to deal with all of that shit. Well, I think that that's part of the thing. So it's having a system in place because half the time it's fine not to have a system and you can work without a system. But the system is in place for when your head's a bit fucked and you're really struggling. Mm. But then it's back to the thing about... A, needing a roadmap or instructions of how to sort of win and these are all the listing yeah. how someone telling you what they do yeah. is only them telling you what works for them and it might well, not work for you right it's, it's the equivalent i i think that having a system being able to structure you know like you've worked with young editors and stuff and they'll be messy as fuck and they're like oh this is just how i work creatively when the reality is that you no, that's not you being creative. That's actually going to get in the way. Like <laughs> yeah. that works for your like two minute little video you're making, but you not having any system in regards to how you're naming things or file structures or folders, that's going to come to a halt when you're working on a feature mm. film. And that's a short term game type of thing. But I think systems are very important. I think that the, what can sometimes happen, it's like the whole, you know, schizophrenia paradox type thing where it's like, they, when someone has schizophrenia, they'll take medication and they start feeling better. And they're like, okay, great, I'm better now. Mm. And they'll go off the fucking medication and then they go nuts again. And so it's the same sort of thing where it's like uh, these systems, when we maybe not busy or we don't, like it's easy to prioritize at the moment because we're working on one project. It's great to say, actually, I don't need these systems now. I've, I've found, I've been able to prioritize myself mm. and I can do it. When the thing is that we've just, we're playing in a, a safe, you know, it, it's like going into a, a beach where there's no rips and it's beautiful and easy, easy water. And so I can swim. And so mm. I, and, and then going in there every day and not preparing for the day that there's a fucking rip and you drown and Do you, you know die. how to get out of a rip just uh yeah you go well you can, can you line. swim yeah i did nearly drown though once can you swim though yeah how yeah. competent are you uh, uh i'm not real sort of deep ocean swimming when did you start swimming young as a bub yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm definitely like i'm not one of the those like the people who just like have a fear of swimming or whatever. No, I I think I was okay at freestyle and shit. How'd you nearly drown? Um, Gold Coast, two thousand and six. Um, was that story about you, the guy that went into the water and it was really <laughs> nice every day, and then one day as a rip sort nearly of, dies? They no, I did. What I didn't see is there was a sign that said to like not to go any further up past your chest or whatever, and uh, I did. And then all of a sudden, the um, 
I couldn't feel the bottom of the water, which was fine because I can swim. But where the rip had taken me to or where I ended, landed was right where all the waves were crashing. Okay. Yeah. So I ended up getting like every few seconds getting smashed by a wave. Mm. And I um, was waving, like putting my hand out, like trying to um, get help. Apparently someone said, uh, like after I got saved, it took two lifeguards to try and save me the first one lost their board while the, by the waves i got on How old were you? uh i would have been 16 17 yeah. and um like because we were bodyboarding because the next day we we're meant to go surfing and so i was like i oh, i think i just got confidence that beginner's mindset again that we spoke about yesterday it's like being too <clears throat> cocky in that sort of scenario like you need a little bit of fear right yeah. if you start going like yeah i'll fucking go on that wave oh, that'll be fine but to answer your question about rips you just fucking go with it you let it take you out and then you can go out to the side you right can swim diagonally diagonally yeah to the side. but then if there's waves and you can surf them in it, it, it's totally yeah there's a million variables to every Set of rip. Yeah. Oh, you know, I thought I was going to die. You can swim though. diagonally in a rip. That's what I used yeah. to remember my old man telling me. Yeah. But it's just. But you don't even. To be honest, when you're in a rip, you don't can't even fucking identify that you're in a rip. Mm. Like well, when you can, you're a lot of the time, you can feel it, and you're just getting pushed. Or you're getting dragged pretty quickly. Yeah. And I know what you mean about not realizing, because one second you can be in a position, next minute yeah, you're like, what am I doing? And, and sometimes, and that constantly happens with. You know, uh, tourists and stuff, they'll, uh, you'll end up like way out and you don't even realize. And then you're like, do you realize how far out you went? Oh, mate, there's some kooks at Bondi Beach. Yeah. They're just, no idea. Swimming in jeans, you know, tourists are coming over. They're just, and a lot of them might not have swum ever before. And so they're wading in the water. It's it's so dangerous. My mate's a, um, a Bondi rescue dude. Is he on the show? He's on the show. Oh, great! Yeah, I what's met him in. Um, I met him in uh, what's in Bondi when I was living there, <laughs> and we, he used to come into the cafe yeah. all the time. And so he, uh, but he was just telling me that they would get so much shit. And have you? But you've been to Bondi Beach, yeah? Have you been caught in a rip in Bondi Beach? I don't think I've gone in the water in Bondi. I actually haven't. That's one thing that after all that happening. I don't go in. I don't go in the ocean as much. I would like uh, one of my friends, Sarah Lee, is an amazing um, surf photographer. She um, she's from Hawaii. Spends a lot of time in California, and um, I've always thought one day when um, I catch up with her, um, it'd be great for Bree and I to go out with her and go surfing. Well, and- they get taken with the rips, like they are sitting just at the base of waves. Yeah. That's crazy. She does like all the deep water, like swimming with dolphins, crazy shit. Um, and how do you end up there? I mean, obviously you're a photographer. Yeah. But well, she does it like into the being yeah, in water as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like yeah, it's an interesting. It's essentially being. She reminds me a lot of me in the sense of like you know she's a creative and all that sort of thing, and she's found this sort of other niche. It's mm-hmm. the exact same way that people fucking do music stuff right they, mm. they love music and they they've like geek out on video or photos and they end up you know filming and taking photos for bands what um this is just a bit back to what we're talking about what gives me faith in business is working with companies that are making a shit ton of money yeah but and have no they're still idea. working it out yeah 
like they're still, you know, they started their business, they hadn't worked out their brand and what it meant and what its values were mm-hmm. and what it stood for. And they are making hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I, th- I think th- what we can take from that as well is that um, if you focus on some of the right things, like at the end of the day, you can have an Instagram account, you can have all that sort of stuff, mm. but that's not what, what's going to bring in the money. I think that brand can sometimes uh, confuse things for people because they they can build a shell of a business. They can build. They can have a really nice logo. They can have the you know Instagram aesthetic on point. They can all all that sort of shit. Mm. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what value are you bringing and showing that value so people will pay money mm. to receive it. Um, Let's talk about create you, getting paid for creative because it's one of those things. It's yeah. like, what's it made up of? A creative, it's trust. Someone mm-hmm. thinks you can do something yeah. and they'll reward you for money. Mm-hmm. There's time. It's like it hasn't even, it's not tangible half of the creative yeah. things. What we do, I mean, other exactly. than putting processes at the start to, you know, do some pre-work to get them understanding the what we're going to execute. Yeah. But there's still, at the end of the time, there's nothing tangible there. Well, I, I think that uh, it reminds me of a story that my mate Nasan uh, told me. He says it's a Persian story, but he says every fucking story is a Persian story. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's, give it a bit of elegance. Yeah, exactly. But a man um, was having issues with his tractor. He couldn't couldn't get it started. He contact you know he tries everything with the engine. Uh, Gets a guy to come in. The guy looks around, looks at the engine, gets a hammer from his toolkit and hits the engine, right? And all of a sudden the engine starts. And the guy quotes and says, okay, that will be uh, $400. And the guy goes, are you kidding me? $400? You literally just hit, (laughs) hit, hit, I, I watched you just hit the engine with a hammer. He said, "Sir, what you're not you, you're not paying for me to do that. You're paying for the years of experience of me knowing exactly where to hit the engine." Mm. I think that that sums up the creative field really well. Which is like, look, there are like cameras are cheap. You can like for what a client will pay us to do a video, they could buy all the gear that they wanted yeah that's reality of it like you know what your camera's what four and a half five grand add mm. a few accessories seven grand people would spend 10 grand on a video with you they could easily buy all the gear and do it themselves but the thing is they're not buying the gear they're, mm. what they're after isn't the the gear what they're after is the storytelling it's being able to identify what are the the elements of this story that we need to tell and to put your filter on it and that's where i think some people get lost and they say oh fuck like with everything getting so cheap we can just get a young person it's like yeah that's great but um and they might be able to um they might be able to do these things really well but can they contextualize it and that's what we Mm. do we can take we can take uh our craft and we can apply it to the context of that business and what that means is who is the audience and tapping into what does the audience care about and how are they going to be be making their buying decisions and it's the psychology of it so there's all those elements it's Mm. a it's a hybrid being a 
a gun for hire, just being a, a, a glorified rental service of gear equipment where you come along with the gear and you film isn't where it's at, right? Mm. It's, um, you know, you don't like, yeah, maybe being an AV service makes sense for some mm. people, but it's well, not it's, what it's I like, want to do. I think creatives are packaging some magic yep. and then selling that. Creatives it's, do a shit job of articulating yes. it. Yes. We do. I do. Like, I think that even even with the experience I've had and being able to articulate myself in general, being able to create, articulate it uh, so it speaks to the different types of clients you have is hard. Mm. But I think that the awesome thing is over the last two years, I've had, I've seen pain points. I've seen where projects haven't worked as well as they could have with clients. And that is actually what's informing where all of this is going and me being like, okay, if you can be critical about your process and how you do things and listen and you see patterns and you're like, well, hang on, all of these clients are saying this or that, then we can adapt and we can have a system so that to make that whole process easier. Mm. What do you think about young guns? You said that earlier, coming into the industry not knowing their worth, having a skill, and then undercharging for it, which means that it's driving prices down. For instance, my wife worked for a big ad agency, yeah, and she said that the owner said that, um, like big agency prices are coming down, yeah, and boutique prices are coming up. So they're meeting in the middle. So yeah. prices are shrinking in terms of what people are willing to pay for creative work. Mm-hmm. Um, many things, technology amount of people doing it yeah it's like the, the barrier to entry is so low now but i guess this is the thing worth is based on how much i need to do the thing that you want done so with that in mind if that person is happy with making what they're making for the thing they're doing then they're getting paid what they're worth mm. um and 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 that's what people don't fucking get with like being an employee. They say, I want more money um, from my employer. And I've said a few times to friends, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, are they giving it to you? And they're like, no, they're not giving it to me. I said, okay, so you're going to leave. And they said, no. I said, well, they're paying you the perfect amount. <laughs> because if, if they're paying you enough to stay... They're running a business. They're tra- the transaction is they're going to give you just enough money to say, we want you to work exclusively for us. And that's where I think people like get it wrong sometimes. They're like, oh, I want more money and all that sort of thing. Mm. But if it's right. a, it, it's the other thing too is it's like depending on the type of business, the business, a lot of the agencies and stuff are... We're go- they're an insurance policy. What they're saying is, um, Tommy, you are worth $150 an hour. However, we're going to do a deal. This is what, what a salary is, right? We're going to do you a deal. We're going to give you $45 an hour plus tax. You're going to work with us and we're going we're gonna to guarantee you this annual salary. What we're going to also do is we're going to give you an office space we're going to potentially give you some career growth and then... Do I get a cake on my birthday? You do get it. No, because we're cutting costs. So we only do one a month where if you're 
you know, September birthdays, you'll have to have your cake with Josh. But we really like Josh, so it's a good month to be there. Great. Okay. I can deal with it. And in return, we are going to charge you out at $150 an hour. We're going to take the difference. And so they're taking risk. The risk that they're taking is that they're going to have a quiet December and you're still going to have a job. I think that that's where some people miss the whole fucking point Mm -hmm. because they see this entrepreneur, uh, freelance, all this sort of thing. They see it as an opportunity, but what they... Uh, and they they mix them up they they go they sell this hustle and all that sort of thing and then they try and apply it to this thing that they're trying to do an extreme version of what i'm saying is why i said to you the other day yes, where it's I'll like, you say this. what was it it's um uh a salary what was it a, a salary is a a um dreams. dreams yeah what was it oh yeah yeah but i'm trying to think of the is uh, a salary is a bribe for you to like disregard your dreams yeah, or to give to away your dreams, your dreams. To, to not chase your dreams and i think that that's probably a bit overstated yeah i, yeah, I, uh, I see the point of it it's that like, person had just gone freelance and was fucking <laughs> hating and currently they're um yeah exactly doing a few interviews for a new job <laughs> exactly it's easy to say that yeah i mean i don't like so uh, this podcast the daily talk show i don't think we even said it at the beginning maybe we did but um, yeah, i said it okay good but I think um, maybe not. <laughs> I don't. I'm curious as to see where this will go. I think um, the last, this episode and last episode has been very sort of industry creative focused. Mm. We have a lot of these conversations daily. Yeah, multiple times a day. I wonder how much steam is in there in regards to like. You, I feel like we can be quite we we hone in on things and be quite repetitive and all that sort of stuff. So, I don't know. I guess this is just a slightly different format. It Email us hi at thedailytalkshow.com if you have any feedback or thoughts. Mm. Do you like, like, do you want more of this creative shit or should we go, you know, we've even been talking about going more outwards focus where we take some shit that's happening in the news, like the fucking Strava. You texted me about yeah. Strava and the heat map stuff. Yeah. What's the deal with that? So the, the, the exercise app Strava that logs your, I guess, tracks your fitness. So if you go on a ride, it will show you where you've gone for that ride and yeah. give you your heart rate. And, and, and so a heat map is a, is a way of showing activity within a space. So you can see if it's super bright, you know that a lot of people are doing activity mm-hmm. there. So Bondo Beach, shitloads of people running. Exactly. Uh, but uh, where it all was a bit of a problem is all of these, a lot of these Google Maps type things. They're they're very good with being in the pockets of the government agencies and military and stuff like that to be sort of um, censoring certain areas. Strava didn't do that, so you could basically see based on military personnel where they do all their training, <laughs> which is they were saying wasn't ideal. So yeah, yeah that was uh, that was interesting. But yeah, we're trying to figure this out. This is. Uh, episode 11 it's tuesday the beauty of this is crafting it as we go yeah and i think that's what you you don't have that luxury when you have a radio show to front up to every day Uh and you know share shareholders um demanding the funny thing is this iterative type of thing is actually culturally feels like it's a great australian fit right because if you think about it the u.s they they want to and fuck if you think we're wrong let me know maybe i'm completely over generalizing but 
um, if they're sort of pump, if they love pumping things up and making noise, this, and I like doing that too, but this is very much the opposite. This is like we are figuring it out. This is a, a cadence. It's a it's 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 about sort of consistency and iterating and getting better and better and better. Um, That's and what we're doing. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's been fun, man. It's good. It's good to have a platform. If you start a podcast, Josh is making a video on his YouTube channel about how to start a podcast. Yeah, that will come soon. on the what, our twentieth episode. You're going to release yes a video. I'll release mine. We're not. I'm nine away. So I've made a video to sort of start. So what's that going to be? Two weeks. There. Yeah. And um, yeah, episode eleven. We're done. Thanks, guys. Now we're going to actually do some work. Yeah, yeah? absolutely. It's ten thirty a.m. in the morning, and we'll catch you tomorrow. The Daily Talk Show. Follow us. Subscribe. Do all that. Yeah, Tommy's on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Tommy Jacket. Same for Josh, Josh Jansen. Great. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. What? That was a bit weird. Have a good, <laughs> have a good one. Goodbye. Bye.